0: Hey, this is James from survivalpunk.com Back for another episode This time we will be talking about Long-term food storage uh, And some just food storage in general How oh, good, we have time um, So this is going to be another mobile podcast a mobile podcast uh, We're going to do this in the car, guys uh, It is currently Let's do the date it's currently 3.15 in the morning, Wednesday, September 21st, 2022. And the podcast will go out. So you will notice that there will be no theme music. There will be no intro music. I'm going to record this on my phone. And then when I get to the day job, I'm going to upload it and throw it up with minimal minimal processing. So you have a podcast, but you will not have all of the extra show notes. I'll add that in later but you'll have a podcast and that's what matters. The rule is the podcast must go out, correct? So let's get into it before I have to start driving. Right now I'm just sitting in the parking lot, parking lot, just in the driveway of my house. So we're gonna talk about long-term food storage and I'm gonna include some items here that are not, by long-term I'm really talking more than like your refrigerator. So if you put a steak in your refrigerator, you got about like seven days at the most before it gets funky. And you know, this is not 18th century cooking where there like there used to be recipes for how to deal with like gone-off meat. And, you know, maybe in a should hit the fan, we'll have that problem again. But for now, we don't. So I'm gonna start with canned food, home canned foods, frozen, dehydrated, MREs, camping meals, homemade camping meals, which is something I used to do a lot, and freeze-dried food. So, obviously ending with, like, the longest shelf life stuff, not counting, like, if you have honey, honey will last forever. If you have, um, biltong. Biltong was, like, there was a guy that ate biltong, like, 20 years after he after it was made and, you know, he was fine, so there's, there's sort of a, the food industry has pushed these expiration dates on stuff so that they can resell them. Like, I routinely see people eating expired foods with no problems. Like, if it's properly canned and stored, then it should be fine. You know, I'm not a legal expert, so I'm not a, I'm not an expert in that field of like medical canned goodery, so don't eat something expired and die and sue me. Just saying. Let's we'll start with so. I really feel like your your food preps, like your 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 beginning out go-to bread and butter, should be canned goods. From there, you build your way up to like the MREs, the camping meals, you know, the, the number 10 cans of long-term freeze-dried stuff. But that's like the flashy stuff. Like that's just like when people get into prepping, like they're like, uh, I'm scared that blah, blah, blah is going to happen. So I'm going to max out my credit cards. Don't do that. And buy a pallet of MREs or a pallet of, of mountain house meals, you know, and you're not eating that stuff on a daily basis some of it doesn't even taste good anyway anyway like i've tried i've tried a lot i've tried a lot of the freeze-dried mountain house meals a lot of the not just mountain house i I mean like those kinds of like prepper freeze-dried meals wise food storage legacy mountain house preppers pantry I've tried a lot of these brands, right? And a lot of them taste like hot, stinking garbage. They just do. So... I tell people that... You should just start out... Storing... Storing extras of the things that you already eat anyway that are storable. You know? um, Doing the copy canning method. You go to the store. you, You buy fucking spam every week. You know, and I've been buying a lot more spam recently. Because... Uh, Spam's not actually all that bad for you. Spam is pretty much a whole meat product. Just Spam is not a whole meat product, but spam is a bunch of meat thrown in a blender. Like spam is better off for you than hot dogs That's what I'm trying to say so Spam is good stuff. I've been buying a bunch of spam So I go to the store and I'm like I'm gonna eat a can of spam this week I Buy two cans of spam. I do eat that one can I go back the next week I buy two more cans, so every week I'm building up an extra extra can of spam, you know. And then when I get to a get to a good deep pantry, then I move on to something else. I'm not just buying an extra can of spam, but you know, that's a good way to start out. You just buy you, like a can of spam right now for the off brand is like two bucks or something, like two two thirty nine or something at Aldi's. Yeah, you, I mean, really two bucks. Like you just buy one less. Starbucks or something, whatever you're drinking. Oh, time to pull out. Um, so yeah, you just and that's you know that, that's what I really want to get to people is like, it doesn't have to be all the long-term stuff. It doesn't all have to be, you know, the freeze-dried meals like that. Like there's a there's a place in your preps. For that stuff but your bread and butter like you need to start out just doing the basics and doing doing the canned foods like that you know and th- there's a lot that you can do with just canned veggies canned meat you know uh, some of them is not like I <clears throat> I wish I wish canned asparagus was good I've tried, I like asparagus. I like asparagus a bunch of different ways. I've tried canned asparagus. It is disgusting. You know, and that's, that's another thing, like, don't just, like, go grab canned goods and store them and not even have any idea what to do with them and how to, like, prepare them. Like, if you're just like, oh, I like asparagus, I'll grab canned asparagus. And then, you know, a disaster happens. You're like, all right, family, let's eat some canned asparagus. And you're like, oh, this is gross. We can't eat like, yeah, you know what hunger is the best sauce, but there is a point where it's like, can you like, I would choose not to eat that. Like, um, I can, I can fast for a pretty long time. I I would just I would just not eat rather than eat canned asparagus. It's it's that bad Um, And on top of that, so Scrolling through hanging out in the in the um, Prepper survivalist groups on Facebook I came across a post where a guy Was like hey, I bought this for my preps and it was this I Can't remember the I can't remember the brand name, but it was a canned sausage. The picture on this canned sausage looks like a sausage patty, like breakfast round sausage patty uh, next to some eggs and some like hash browns on the, on the label, right? So I saw this in the store one day, and when I see new interesting canned meats, I usually will buy one and try it, because I want to know, is that something that I can add to my preps? Uh, is it worthwhile? So I bought it, and I was like, man like, having having sausage patties for disaster, like, you do that, you can get some, like, biscuit mix, you can get some, like, gravy, like, white, because I'm Southern, I'm a Southern boy, um, get some of that white gravy mix, and you can have biscuits and gravy, man, that's, that's where it's at, right? So I buy this can, I open it, it's gloop, it's gloop in there, so I'm like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm like, maybe if I maybe if I pour it in my skillet and cook it long enough, it'll form a patty no, it gloops out into the pan and it runs all out it's like it's like if you put it's like a smoothie of potted meat which sounds gross, and it is so I cooked the living tar out of this stuff, and nothing ha- like, I can't even get brown bits from it it just it pretty much stays a gloop i end up having to add egg to it as a binder so that it's not gloop um and i ate it and you know it it tasted like potted meat it's it's a liquidy potted meat um, i w- i could eat that as opposed to canned asparagus but i'm still not happy like the place in my preps I wanted it to feel, which would have been can, which would have been sausage, I mean, actual sausage patties, it did not feel. Um, you'd be, I mean, if there was just like a Spam-like sausage product, and I mean, I guess, why isn't there, like, if Spam had a sage flavor Spam has a bacon flavor. If Spam had like a sausage slash sage flavor, I think that would be perfect. Um, I could eat, I could eat Spam and biscuits, I really could. Uh, and maybe that's something I try. Maybe, maybe that's something I give a try. Like, maybe I can if you just if you just like put some like basically sausage seasoning on Spam and fry it up and then put it on biscuits and gravy and guys i haven't had a biscuit in a long time now um, and i could super go for one maybe that's delicious so canned foods we we'll check that out. i i need to wrap i need to go through this list pretty quickly because it'll be a 30 minute or so episode and i don't i don't want to not get through the list and if maybe i break it up maybe i you know what if I don't finish this list by the time I get to my work, I'll put this episode out, and I'll just I'll release another one tomorrow to finish the list. So two episodes in one week, hot diggity damn, right? Next up, home canned foods. So you know, I I really would like more people to start canning. Like, and it, it looks like it's trying to make a resurgence. There's a lot of younger people uh, my age and younger that are starting to learn canning. And that is fantastic. Uh, And there's a lot of... There's a lot of pushback, it looks like, to the FDA. And they're like... People were canning for probably hundreds of years on their own without an FDA to tell them what you can and can't do. And pressure canners haven't been around forever. So there's... There's a portion of people popping up. They're calling themselves rebel canners, and they're kind of doing their own thing. So uh, take with that what you will. I've kind of looked into it, and uh, some of the rebel canner groups are not for me. We'll put that that way. Um, we'll just put that that way. But you know, I really, I really feel like I. I don't do enough canning and i need to do some more canning um my wife actually started taking interest in canning and made made some uh strawberry jam and canned that and her f- so the recipe for the jam maybe wasn't the best but her canning technique was flawless her first time canning she uh i mean it sealed it worked right they're still put up so we have we have strawberry jam um, I've canned ground beef, I found a recipe for that, and and I used a pressure canner, I actually followed the directions, I, I pressure canned it the way it's supposed to be done, I uh, didn't rumble can that shit, but I put up ground beef, and that's, so, when you can meat, it's never gonna, like, you're not gonna can a steak, and pull it out, and skillet it up, and, and have a delicious steak. You're cooking the hell out of something you're gonna have tender delicious meat with with great broth and juice but you're never gonna have the texture consistency is becoming a new thing so and that's fine because I use my canned ground beef to make chili in I, I put all the other stuff in it. it was like add add a pound of ground beef and I'd pop up in one of my canned things of ground beef and I'd pour it in and it was fantastic in chili uh, chili stews uh, those kinds of things you're not know, gonna make a hamburger <laughs> you i'm sure some people do with like a wide mouth things they they pack out patties um, but once again the texture is gonna end up being like um hamburg steak kind of stuff not so much like i don't know that you'll ever be able to crisp it up and get like a like a proper burger but you know, during a disaster, maybe you don't care. And if you do, so if you have canned, like, hamburger patties, drop, drop me a comment. Let me know. That's, uh, that's something I need to look into, but, um, stews, like, you can, you can, like, just chunks of stew meat, and that'll come out fantastic. And then, this stuff cooks in the jar, so, like, you, with the ground beef, (coughs) the recipe I found, like, you had to, you had to, like, boil the meat and drain the water off which sounds horribly disgusting because um, you're trying to you're trying to remove some of that fat because the fat can be the part that goes rancid um, and then you you pack it in there with some liquid and then cook it again in the pressure canner, obviously so find these recipes get it get a get an improved thing and and find it um, I know so I got from my mom an electric pressure canner, so I'm gonna play with that because it's. I have a. I have a big pressure canner, and it's a pain in the ass to set up and use. But having a, a just having that quick, like just push a button and pressure can it. I think that's gonna be a game changer. Um, next up, next up, what do we got? Frozen. So frozen can be a long-term storage like um, if the grid is up and so we prepare for things that are more likely to happen the grid has been up basically for a hundred years or so the grid will probably continue to be up it's a bit sketchy it's falling apart Um, if you're in puerto rico you've had some problems like i heard that all of all of puerto rico a hundred percent not on power like the Tropical Storm Fiona took it out. So, but, generally, the grid is up and usable, so use it while you have it, and if you have freezer space. Um, I mean, easily, like, even, even based on, like, good recommendations with frozen meats and stuff, you can get, like, a year out of it. You can push it if your freezer's... I mean, if your freezer's good and it stays up. Like, people pull out much older meat. Because there's no... There's no real reason for it to start breaking down. Like, you'll start to lose some quality issues. And very possibly... My... So, my real thing is, like... Power outages do occur. And leaving something in the freezer so much past... Like... like that that starts to get sketchy like if the power goes out and you're you're having to like buffer that time period you know but easily for a year you can store stuff in freezer most most everything especially meats so I wish I wish I had the space for a deep freezer or a bigger bigger freezer in my fridge and I would utilize that more often so I'm having to go more towards canned goods and freeze-dried goods than, like, freezer space. But if you've got it, you know, use it. Uh, I certainly wouldn't... I. It's like every every community, everything on the internet, every industry has, like, just jackasses. They're like, don't grow a garden because the roving hordes will come steal it and they know you have food. Um, I, I literally saw a comment the other day. It was like, don't you should you should you should lose weight to be um, skinny and malnourished looking so people don't think you have stored food during the apocalypse. I'm like, what? Ugh, I, I just, guys, I don't know. Um, lose weight for to be healthy? Yes, I'm on board with that. Lose weight to look like you don't have food and you're starving? No, that's ridiculous. Um, but. You know, and there's people that'll say like, "Oh, don't, don't use your freezer to store food because the grid could go down." Well, the grid has been up, like for right now. Do it, and if the grid does go down, well, then you have a barbecue and you start you start canning your food then, and you have like use it while you got it. Uh, I, yeah, I just don't know. Um, To move on to the next category, we're going to talk about, I believe, dehydrated foods. So, dehydrated foods doesn't have like an indefinite shelf life for most dehydrated. Like if you're talking about firing up your your dehydrator, and I I have a a cheap boy, like um, basically a a Nesco uh, dehydrator, not a fancy Excalibur or anything. So I have one of those, and you're not like you're making jerky. You're you're not really gonna get like years out of it. Most of my jerky I make, I make fridge jerky. So I try not to dehydrate my jerky so long that it becomes crispy. Some of the crispy jerky is pretty tasty, but I like it to still be a little juicy. Uh, and I keep it in the fridge, and uh, you know, it, I don't I don't use pink curing salts. Because it it just doesn't last that long If I'm making jerky It's probably gone within a week or so Being stored in the fridge You know, and I I take it out on like Outings, like uh, if we're going hiking Or something with me and my family We take some jerky You know, and I try to There's a lot of times That if you go to like your local grocery store uh, When they have their markdown meats, there's like You can usually find a roast And roasts make fantastic jerky So um, you're making jerky at like a fraction of the cost as opposed to buying it. You know the ingredients. So, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm back on keto and I have been for like, I don't know, three months or so, three or four months. And so I don't want, I don't want to get commercial jerky because it has sugar in it and blah, blah, blah. So when I make my jerky, it doesn't have any sugar. um, And I, I know everything that went into it. And it tastes better. Like, I haven't had, I haven't really had any jerky that's, I've never had store-bought jerky that's better than what I can make. You know, like, I've made batches of jerky where maybe the seasonings weren't on point, And I'm like, uh, it's acceptable. You know, like, getting the ratios just right. Like I've made jerky before and I under seasoned it and it's like you just end up with like a concentrated meat flavor which is good um, but it really pops when you get that salt level right you yeah. know I, I jerky that's not salted enough is just like uh, it's it's acceptable but it's not great it's not great so that and you know like jerky tends to be like if i say dehydrator probably the first thing you thought was jerky um but i make you know i used to dehydrate a lot of just veggies for like soup mixes you get and what i like to do for this is a lot of the vegetables to dehydrate you have to like blanch them first well frozen vegetables are so cheap and they've already been blanched to go through the freezing process. Unless you're growing your own, you're growing your own, then yeah, um, you, you got to do the blanching yourself. But I just dehydrate them. Uh, I'd go, I'd go buy frozen vegetables, um, and just dehydrate them. Put them in mason jars. Definitely want to put them in mason jars. Some of them you definitely want to put in an O2 absorber. Uh, like if you make zucchini crisps. Zucchini will try to absorb water, and they won't, like... If you put zucchini in a Ziploc bag, it's going to get um, soft. It's going to get soft. If you put it in a mason jar, it'll be better. If you put it in a mason jar with an O2 absorber, it's going to stay crunchy. Um, Like, dehydrating onions, great for soups. You know, you're making a soup, you need some onions, just throw in some. My only caveat is... The onions will make your entire house smell like onions. If you don't like the smell of onions, you might want to move that to a garage or outside. Um, I've done... So, I was making grapes one time. Grapes? I was not making grapes. I was making raisins. Raisins take quite a long time uh, to make. And so, I live in a tiny house. The dehydrator actually puts out quite a bit of heat during... If you try dehydrating raisins in the summer in a tiny house your house will get hot uh, it, it just will so i just set it outside and just let it go for like a day and uh, then i had raisins because so when you buy raisins like it's usually only red raisins you can find white you know green raisins yellow raisins because uh, yellow raisins are green raisins I've never seen, I've never seen black raisins, and I've never seen. One of my favorite things to do is to dehydrate blueberries into like blueberry raisins. You maybe now you can kind of find dehydrated blueberries, but uh, when I started doing it, I definitely couldn't. Uh, not not really readily. Like if you go to the raisin aisle, you're not gonna find dehydrated blueberries, but they are fantastic. Like that blueberry flavor really pops when you dehydrate them. So, blueberries, um, strawberries are another good thing. Like you make, you just slice them up and then you dehydrate strawberries and then you have like, you know, snacks for your kids. Like that stuff is expensive if you buy it, but strawberries are fairly cheap actually. Um, what's another thing I like to do? You know, just all the vegetables. Like you can, so you can dehydrate like a mirepoix mix. So onions, celery, and carrots, and, and have that for soups. Like, you're, mm, they so they're never gonna like really rehydrate amazingly. They're gonna rehydrate, like if you throw them in a soup, they're gonna add their flavor to it. But as far as like rehydrating them and then sauteing them, I probably wouldn't do that. Um, i throw them straight into a soup mix and let it go like that. And um, another thing you can do, and I'll touch on this later, uh, probably in the next episode because this definitely will be split into two episodes. Congrats, you get two episodes this week. <coughs> um, so you what I did was like i would I would dehydrate components for a soup and then I would just package them all together. Like you'd have like onions and carrots and uh, maybe some corn. you'd have that. you put it all together. you get so and you you're out on the trail like you're camping or something. You add that in your boiling water, you add in like some canned meat or even like jerky and you're making a super a stew right out there. Uh, that's, that's great. Like, I've done it further and I'll talk about that in the next part where I actually make camping meals and then dehydrate them and they worked out really well. What is the next one? Oh, good. Um, MREs. I'm... Worried about having enough time to cover this actually. I'll do it. I'll do it. So the next the next thing up is MREs. So when I was I was talking to Nicole Sauce yesterday on her interview after uh it it was it had a rough start to get started. Uh, lots of lots of computer related recording issues. But once it started going, like it was a fantastic chat. So MREs are very polarizing. Like MREs, you either love them or you hate them. There's not a like. There's not a lot of people that are ambivalent. Like, I there are some people, but it it really polarizes to love or hate. And I'm definitely in the love category. Um, I've eaten MREs many times in my life. Not if you're ex-military, you're probably more on the camp of like, man, I you you. You're more towards the hate category. Because when you have to eat them, no one ever likes anything they have to eat for an extended period of time. Like, there was a long time where I could not, physically, could not eat ramen noodles. And I mean, like, I mean, like, Maro Chan ramen noodles, like, 13 cents from the store, could not eat them. Like, when I was, when I was, like, young like 11 years old that's all we ever ate because we were poor and like it became like a physical gag response like it would touch my teeth and my stomach would start trying to empty its contents so if you're in the military or were in the military and you had to eat mres for a certain period of time you probably never want to touch an mre again and that's fine I feel like they deserve a part a place in your food storage like you know plan but they don't have to be they don't have to be you could definitely either make your own or just supplant them completely with like you know camping meals uh absolutely or different options like that they are i i love them and I feel they, they deserve a place And they fit a Niche within your Food storage plans And that is like long term storage You know like a lot of people are like Oh they don't have a short eh. I've So if you watch MRE Steve 1982 or 1983 For MRE Steve If you just look for MRE Steve um, He has eaten MREs for as far back As MREs still exist So like 1982 or whatever when the military was like we invented this thing called the MRE here it is. He's eaten those. Like 40 years old. And people are like oh MREs only last like a year or two. He's eaten he's eaten 40 year old MREs. He's eaten like sea rations and he's eaten rations from like World War 1. But he's eaten MREs in their in their form that they came out with. Now um, and he's been sick twice from sketchy things, but... Like, he's eaten a lot of MREs, and he's fine. Um, he's fine. Like, I think the things he got sick of was, like, man, World War I rations and stuff. He ate, um, he scraped, he scraped some dust off of a, uh, hardtack biscuit from the Civil War. So, ugh. Yeah, I think he said it tasted like a mummy, maybe. But anyway, MREs do have a long shelf life. They do. Um, Like, I'm I'm talking like five years. I'm not talking like 25 years. Um, But if you're MRE Steve, like, you give me you give me an expired MRE and I'm gonna eat it anyway. If it's been stored remotely properly, I I stored some MRE components improperly, and their quality definitely went down um, to the point where I was like, I'm not going to eat this. You store them properly, um, they're fine. They're good to go, uh, and I'm talking like very expired and stored in extreme Tennessee heat. So, MREs. They come they come in great packages. Uh, they come multiple components. If you've never had an MRE, uh, you know what? Go on eBay or something and buy an MRE. Or, um, probably even better, like if you're near a surplus store, you can probably find some MREs. If there is a... The next time there's a gun show in your area, somebody there is going to be selling MREs. Snatch some up. Um they're definitely going to be there and then that way you don't have to pay pri- pay shipping but uh, if you do like just head to ebay and look for a single mre you're probably going to be out like 10 bucks now or so because um, they've gone up in price but um, grab an mre they have lots of little components so you have like an entree aside and then you have like little condiments and stuff like there's always a dessert i.e. like a dessert like a pound cake or um, something like that lemon poppy seed cake or something that was that was my favorite maybe you get a bread like it's a it's a flat bread um, that or like a tortilla sometimes in like the in the um, mexican-y kind of like tortilla things southwest whatever you get like a tortilla you get you get like a coffee mix You get toiletries, you get lots of, they used to have these little bottles of hot sauce. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Those hot sauce bottles are great. I especially like the green one. It's a Tabasco sauce. Um, So if you like Tabasco sauce, there you go. You get, get, so there's usually a cheese or peanut butter product. So it's cheese, jalapeno cheese, or like peanut butter. Uh, You can put on your bread. You get like a drink mix you get like a maybe you get like a dairy kind of pro drink mix too um it's a lot of things you get in there um <clears throat> and they come out to like 1200 calories like so it's a pretty good size meal you could break it up um you can do something called filled stripping them where you re- remove the components of it out of its like giant retort plastic shell and put it <clears throat> know and put it in your pocket like uh, you remove a lot of the bulk that way they have a they have a chemical heater so like you add you add a certain amount of water to it not too much not too little to the fill line then you put your heatable entrees in there you put them back in the cardboard sheath and there's YouTube videos you can watch about this or just I mean it's pretty self explanatory put it back in there lean them at an angle on a rock or something let them go so, absolutely believe the MREs deserve a place in your preps. You should have them. Um, delicious. Absolutely delicious. Um, lots of different things. The prices have gone up. Um, I, I have bought a case before for like 60 bucks. Now they're pushing like twice that, 120 140 on like eBay, Amazon. <clears throat> you know, depending on... Uh, but there's deals, like keep your eyes open um, like on the trading the marketplaces if you can find deals on MREs uh, and just be ready to snatch them up when you find them so that's all I have for this episode this has been James from survivalpunk.com DIY to survive you guys